Fish. Welcome to Fill My Cup. I'm so hyped to have you on the podcast. Me too. I love this place. Awesome. So before we go any further, I think we need to address something very serious. Your legal name is Fish McGill. Tell us more. It's a gift and a curse. How so? Well, you know, having a silly name, I have this responsibility to be a silly person. Um, So there's a little bit of pressure there, but it's a nice pressure. One of the curse parts is all the variations people will do. Some of my favorites are Fishtifer, obvious (laughs) ones like salmon and bass. you name it. I've heard it, but I, I really like them all. <laughs> I remember when um, I saw your name as the professor for my degree project course when I was in college. And I just immediately knew we'd be friends because I mean, like you said, I kind of assumed like this person has a sense of humor. We'll probably be cool to get along with. And I wasn't wrong. Definitely wasn't wrong, <laughs> but I, I, I can see how it can be both, you know, a blessing and a curse, but I do think that it fits you very well. Yeah. Well, thanks. So uh, let's get started. What are we filling our cups with today? Today we're filling our cups with Guinness. We each have a can of Guinness here. Um, Very exciting. It's my favorite beer. It's one of like a great memory beer, like going to pubs and stuff with friends. And sometimes you have a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it, like a Guinness float. Um, that's only if you like it. So, you know, we'll see. I know this is your first foray into Guinness. Yes. I've actually never had a Guinness before. So this is a live tasting test right now. (laughs) Yeah. But let's, let's cheers. Let's open it. Whoa. (laughs) I don't know about you, but mine just got a little everywhere. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Well, with that, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Okay. First thoughts, actually a lot better than I was expecting. On the topic of Guinness, uh, earlier today, I pulled in to get my Guinness at the liquor store and everything. I came back outside and what was in front of me, but a pull through spot. Oh my God. And it just kind of sparked this nostalgic enthusiasm from when I was a kid. I didn't know why my mom would get so hyped, but now I get it. <laughs> you know, just the pull through spot is just the universe agreeing to make your life easier. Yeah. I I think it's like a a sign of hope. It's like, all right, I'm going to see what's coming. Uh, But I love pull throughs. Where you park can really make or break an experience. Big time. Or like, you know, when you're, you know, sitting somewhere, whether it's like at a movie or in class or something, it really made or break that experience. So that really reminded me of when you're in school and your teacher sits you next to your friend and it seemed like, again, one of those moments where the universe came together and was like, yes, you deserve this. Yeah. You deserve this support. And now it is here. It's the best thing that can happen, especially like middle or high school. It just gets you through the day. It gives you like this zap of energy. Yeah. I have real fond memories of that. You know, especially like having a friend in your class was already really great because when your teacher would say pair up, you could dramatically lock eyes from across the room and know exactly who your partner was going to be. But when you have that really solid friend that you can depend on, just feels like you have this like ESP superhero connection that you're like, yes, we're on the same team and we're going to knock this out of the park. It's just the best. What comes to mind when you say that is like going back to seventh grade, there was this new kid. He said, fish, you're going to show Paul around. And we just hit it off immediately. Instant best friends. <laughs> like first day of school, seventh grade, he's already bringing the hot takes. Like he's immediately cracking jokes at like the absurdities going on around you. It's like, wow, this kid's really bringing it. I love this. Like I would never do that, but 
I was vicariously like living through him. Like it was just great. Absurd is a very on point term for middle school age too. I think that for everyone is just the really most awkward time of everyone's life. But also I think when you build some of the best friendships, cause you can really get through that awkwardness. And I think it is like one of the first times where you see people like break out of that shell. And, you know, like you said, live vicariously through each other, which is really exciting as people start to develop their own personalities and kind of feel less of the, I want to be like everyone else. And I kind of want to be like me. It also reminds me of like one of my favorite moments specifically in middle school was when you're in class and then all of a sudden your teacher would say like, all right, we'll be right back. And then they would roll in the like a hundred pound strapped down TV and you're going to watch a movie in school. And that just really felt like the coolest shit ever. Like I just truly didn't think life could get any better than watching TV during school. Um, and it was just like absolute chaos. I know it's like, it doesn't matter what's coming on. Like we are all... <laughs> really hyped for whatever this is it's it's something about the energy in the room that changes like as soon as the lights went off it was get past notes you could turn around and talk to your best friend you could do the little finger uh, fortune thingy like all those little things it just, uh, just that moment i i don't know if anything in my adult life really can like live up to that surprise and delight of you know rolling in that 100 pound tv <laughs> my thing was always like okay i'm gonna work on notes like i'm gonna start writing this note to this person. And I would just go all out with the notes. Like I would start in the middle and kind of writing like a novel or what would you do? I would just kind of do these stream of conscious notes, like things that I was thinking about <laughs> I'd start in the absolute middle of the page and write in a spiral. And then like when I was done, Whoa. I would fold it into like one of those origami football things and write the person's name on it. But I, I just enjoyed the process of it. When it got closer to the holidays, I, I remember I would draw these holiday cards. Mm -hmm. And I would use like whatever was on the radio or popular music at the time and make cards based on those. So like an example of Busta Rhymes mixed with Santa Claus equals Busta Claus. So I would draw Buster Claus, write like some of the <laughs> lyrics and change it. He's got that eggnog bleep that <laughs> makes you break your neck. Um, Love it. Silly stuff like that. And then I would show it to people. They'd be like, I like this. Can I have it? And I was like, I'll give you a photocopy of it for a quarter. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'd sneak in the teacher's room and make copies of them. And Jeez, you were an artist making money before you even left the eighth grade. The entrepreneurial brain. I guess I still do. They're all handmade. So it was, you got to do it in the classroom kind of thing. And, but it was cool. That kind of stuff was happening when that giant TV was rolled in. Like when else could you be doing that? Right. Cause you have to, you, you have to pay attention in class. You have to engage like the biggest moment of disappointment, not to bring, not to bring, you know, on fill my cup, we're all about positivity here, but I can't help, but point out, you know, that disappointing moment when after such a high of watching the rolling TV come in and then you're handed a worksheet to fill it out during the movie, it just felt like a slap in the face. It was like, come on. I thought that we were cool, you know? I know it, it really can deflate that feeling. That's so, it's such a funny thing to think about. I know there was movies that I felt like we watched on repeat, you know, when there was indoor recess or things like that, they would throw on a movie to try and tame the wildness that is unsupervised children or, you know, less supervised children. And the ones that I remember the most, the top three were Remember the Titans, 
the blind side and Rudy. And then I realized after I listed these that all of them are football movies. Like why were they shoving football down our throats for so long? It's like so funny because I don't know about you, but my high school football team literally didn't win a single game, like our entire high school career. So watching that movie all that time really didn't set us up for success. I remember sports movies were always something that were kind of pushed like, oh, this is a crowd pleaser. But Another movie I remember that was pushed that actually really worked. I don't know if you've ever seen this film, but it was big with Tom Hanks. Is that where you're like, oh no, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of um, the one where the baby's really big, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh yeah, or- <laughs> Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that one. That's what I'm thinking. Not even Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but the other one where it was like just the baby got really big. So yeah, it that's, was enormous I'm assuming baby. that's not the one you're talking about. <laughs> this one was about a, a kid who goes to a carnival and he finds this ride that he wants to go on. And there's this girl in line in front of him that he has a big crush on. And she's like, Hey, you want to go on this ride with me? And he's like, yeah. And then they get to the line and he's not tall enough. He's just like, Oh, and then he's like kicking like some trash. And it kind of rolls towards this machine that kind of looks like a genie. It's called Zoltar. Oh yes. I know that. Yeah. And he makes a wish to be big. And he gets a kind of like card that spit out, your wish will come true or something. Mm-hmm. And he goes home with his family. He's got like a little baby sister and his parents. And he wakes up the next morning. He's no longer a kid. He's suddenly like in a full adult body. Oh. Goes from being like a little kid. Then suddenly he's Tom Hanks. Oh my gosh. It's just a wild, cool movie. But I remember that being played in school. Um Again, what like, educational value was that being tied to? I'm like, really not sure. Like, <laughs> it's really funny. There's a scene in it. He's still like a 13-year-old kid in an adult body, and he, he kind of falls in love with one of his coworkers, and they get romantic, and they're at her apartment, and they're starting to kiss, and she turns off the lights, <laughs> and then he turns the lights back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very sweet, but that was the part in the auditorium where a teacher took like a manila folder and opened it up wide so it would cover the whole tv and just like (laughs) held it up in front of the tv during that very short very innocent scene there's there's nothing like racy about it yeah i guess she's like in like a more of a slip than a dress kind of thing like that's so funny i remember them doing a similar thing for when we watched romeo and juliet and we were all in high school at the time. We were like, okay, this seems a little, little much. <laughs> is this like, the, the Leo version or is this the 70s one? Um, we actually watched both. So oh. it was for both. <laughs> I like both of them. I yeah. They were super cool. I'll have to rewatch that one. That's another one I literally haven't seen since, you know, I was in school watching it. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I would like to see that again. I was, I remember really enjoying it as a teenager. Like same. Leo. It's like a huge part of that. That's like when he kind of became Leo. He reminds me of like a certain category of actor and actresses that when I see them, I'm like, oh, this is all one big movie. Leo's movies could all kind of be played consecutively. And I'm like as like different parts of his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leo is just playing like one enormous movie. He's like one of those people in my mind. Like I guess like the cinematic universe quality of Marvel movies like there's certain actors that have 
just their own kind of orbit. Especially people like Leo who, you know, grew up on screen. Like you literally watch him, you know, grow up over, you know, different movies. Um, another person who comes to mind for me is Michael Sarah. Yes. I've just been rewatching uh, Arrested Development from the beginning. Oh my God. Um, and just watching him when he's super young and so delightfully awkward. It's just so good. And I really do think that, I mean, I don't think he's been, you know, you want to be careful not to like pigeonhole yourself. Cause I don't think that any of these people are necessarily pigeonholing themselves, but there is like something to the way of that they act that makes it feel like all their characters could live in the same universe, if not on the same storyline. Yeah. He's a great example. Cause like he kind of like suddenly shows up and super bad. It's definitely like a leap from that character, but it feels like a growth. And then Scott Pilgrim, that movie like really ages well there's something about it it's like my god also music from that movie too well fish thank you so much for joining me and for filling your cup with me this has been so much fun my pleasure it's great to hang out with you thanks for having me hey thanks for listening to fill my cup today we heard from fish mcgill designer artist educator and expert doodler learn more about fish and his artwork at the link in the description be sure to check out his 10 steps to make something and get inspired. Until next time, shine on my friends.